Welcome to another Culture Gym podcast with your hosts Carly Richards and Gareth Shackleton, talking to each other and guests about good mental health, peak performance and employee engagement through your culture. Let's work out. Hello and welcome to the Culture Gym podcast. I'm Gareth Shackleton and I'm here with my co-host Carly Richards. Hi Carly, how are you doing? Good, thank you. How are you? I'm very well, thanks. Yeah, very well. Enjoying the fact that the sunshine's back with us today. It's been. I know with- that's true. It's yeah, because we don't live in the same town, but the magic of of technology, we can communicate. So it's sunny here too for me, which is good. good. It's nice. Yeah. So it must yeah. be sunny everywhere then. <laughs> well, hopefully, hopefully, unless you might be listening to this in November or something, then not so much, maybe. Quite true. It's like time travel, isn't it, doing this kind of thing? It could be yes, any time. We have to remember, people are necessarily tuning in live. They're not listening to us straight away. We have to, yeah. What's wrong with them? They should be tuning in live. <laughs> but we can't brag about the sunshine in case it's winter when they are listening. Fair enough. I, I'll remember for next time, for the next episode. So how's your week? <laughs> My week um, has been pretty nice, actually taken a couple of days away from um, work. I've still been working, but just taken some time out to do things like uh, we redecorated the office space, which was my kids' playroom and still is a little bit of a toy storage play area for them. But I've kind of moved in here um, now that everyone seems to be working from home. Um, and actually one of my major interests is to do with environment and working environment and the space that surrounds us when we work and the impact that that has on well-being and performance so um and all of that ties really nicely into culture so this has been a bit of a uh what's the word i'm looking for i can't think of specific but it's it's been something that i'm really keen to do and have been put my heart and soul into it and it's taken a fair bit of planning to get it just the way that I want it and you know everything's in its right space and things so yeah that's been my week pretty much what about you? Uh, yeah um, good week busy with clients as usual but uh, this week I submitted a manuscript to a scientific journal for um, for publication uh, so that was quite exciting I haven't done that for a few years and it's uh, it's been it's taken me back to uh, Days gone by when I used to, well, that used to be what I did. So, um, yeah. yeah, that's really exciting. It is. I've been working on the concept of uh, bringing biochemistry into management, into into the workplace as a yeah as a tool. Yeah, uh, I think one of the things that we do that is becoming more and more important in sport and sports performance is monitoring an athlete's health and and performance and the, the only way to do that is through understanding their biochemistry you know um, if they're getting the right nutrition if they're getting enough sleep if they're uh, if their exercise is at the right level not too high not too low to titrate all of those things the most objective way to do it is through biochemistry and I just think it's about time we brought that level of detail into the workplace as well. So objectifying um, workplace performance uh, through understanding and measuring people's biochemistry. 
everything that we do, the environment, we're talking about environment there, the environment has an impact on our biochemistry. The food course, we eat, yeah. the water, our sleep, stress, you know, all of this has an impact on biochemistry. So all of that should be reflected in our biochemistry. And then we can reflect that back to clients in terms of um, how work is affecting their performance and how to improve their performance as well. Yeah. You and I have discussed this quite a bit, haven't we? I mean, you're certainly the expert in terms of biochemistry, but we've spoken about stress and well-being, and that's, I think, how we got onto you starting to do this massive piece of research in the mm. first place. And because um, I was researching stress at the time, stress and well-being, and the impact that that has on us in the workplace. And so, yeah, this I'm really, really looking forward to reading what you've put together, albeit what is it almost 7,000 words you said it is the body of the manuscripts about 7,000 words it's quite an extensive literature review on the subject uh, to, to bring together lots of uh, well the state of the art really um, which isn't all that extensive because there aren't that many people working on it but it's it's obviously 7,000 words there's, there's a reasonable amount mm -hmm. yeah uh, well I will look forward to reading that, Gareth. Um, well done, because that's that's a huge achievement. Well, once once it's accepted, that'll be a huge achievement. It? <laughs> <laughs> it should be. Yeah. Of course it should. Of course it will be. Indeed. So um, yeah, so that was the highlight of my week, I guess, is uh, getting that submitted and uh, uh, on to the next stage. So. Yeah. Brilliant. Yes. Very good. Um, yeah, well, as I say, other than just doing my home office, I've been chipping away at little projects and work projects. I shouldn't say little because they're all very exciting, like I said last week. Not quite ready to talk about a couple of them, but um, I'm sure I'll reveal all in the, the next few podcasts. Well, now you're just not. teasing us. I know. Well, oh, they to be honest, I want so I won some funding for an idea of project, a uh, work project that I had, and I won some funding for that. And basically, it's just the development of that, um, and then coming into a bit of a transition period with other work projects that I'm not 100% sure which way they're going to go. So there's not really much point in talking about those ones yet either. Um, and then, yeah. So, and then the development of Culture Gym going into the future and how that might look and things like that with them, the, the backlash of the lockdown. So we'll, we'll see with that too. So. Indeed. Mm. Indeed. So talking of lockdown, you know, we're the, the coming out of the other side of the lockdown is progressing, you know, slowly, but surely we're things are opening back up again and uh, people are getting back to work and, some level of normality is is resuming so uh, you know, i think the, the topic today that we you know is pertinent is about people going back to work isn't it and um yeah. how that uh you know the challenges for some people in, in coming back to work the challenges for businesses right now uh, and how these two things come together and um, how culture affects that and vice versa how this situation will affect may affect culture as well so big topic for today's discussion but. yeah it's quite a wide topic and i think for for me one thing that i would like to 
discuss and focus on is specifically the things that employers and employees should be aware of things that will have changed things that may have stayed the same things that we are you know all the baggage that basically employees are carrying as they come back to the workplace if they've been furloughed or as they come back into an office space if they've been working from home or indeed if they just are returning to some level of normality with you know we're still working from home but there's more people coming you know into our team or things are progressing with work and what have you so yeah. it's it's kind of a back to work ongoing work situation but just all the baggage that people are going to have and employers as well um so one one of the examples that i can give from a personal perspective as a parent which a lot of us are a lot of us aren't but but this is just my own experience um, so yesterday my son had a homeschooling piece of work that he was completing because they're back to school but not full time yet so um and it was basically what is your what's your dream summer going to be and he had to write and it was a lovely project and i kind of checked between the two kids and i walked in halfway through when he was completing this piece of work and and i looked at it and it's he sort of said oh he typed out he wanted to basically spend more time with his family and i thought what so i asked him about it without making him feel guilty at all for writing anything you know it was how he was feeling it was his experience and i wanted to embrace that so um he explained that basically because his dad who has a really important job and has continued to work as a paramedic, you know, looking after people throughout this whole situation, has been working an awful lot. And it's, you know, I think because the kids are at home, they've recognized that more. Likewise, I'm at home, but I'm still working. Um, and so I think lockdown, the impact of lockdown and the children being at home all, the, all of the time, he's, my son is obviously witnessing us working as dad leaving for work and me working in a space where i'm not always available well i'm available but not always kind of sitting beside them or playing a board game or you know all day long and i think for pet for a lot of parents that kind of thing is going to be playing on their mind how how has this impacted my children how will it impact my children as they go back to school in september um, how am I going to occupy the kids when they're when it's the summer holidays and they no longer have homeschool a homeschool routine? So there's lots and lots of issues to do with for parents to do with um, the the kind of perhaps guilt shame because when my son said that yesterday I, I can tell you I experienced mum guilt like I'd never experienced it before and also a bit of shame you know i was thinking to myself what what am i doing to this kid when i'm working but you know as you kind of process what's going on and you think actually my, my husband and i had a chat about it and he said he's he loves being with his family and that's a good thing mm -hmm. and he's just processing that and we need to help him understand that yes we have to work but he's him and his sister are the priority and what have you so i think there's an awful lot of things going on for parents. There's an awful lot of things going on for anyone who isn't a parent as well, particularly if they have other family members that, that are relying on them, or they've been on their own for a really long time. 
and they're not quite used to com communicating all, all day, every day with people. And then they have to go back into this office. You know, there's, there's so many, many issues that people have experienced, have gone through something as simple as, oh, I've gained a bit of extra lockdown weight and none of my work clothes fit me anymore. And I have to, you know, go out and buy, I don't know, new clothes or I'm not feeling very comfortable right through to I've lost a loved one or we've lost a colleague due to the virus. And all of these things are going to have a huge impact and things that employers need to be aware of, but also employees need to be aware of because of their colleagues and be able to empathize as best they can yeah. with that, which is, you know, easier said than done. Um, I suspect that from an employer's perspective in an ideal world, they would want to be empathetic and, and they would always see themselves as being a supportive employer. I would, I would like to think, However, the reality can be quite different if that employer is under pressure from trying to get their business going again. And let's just get back to normal and let's just carry on where we left off because we really, if, if an employer is so enthusiastic to make their business continue to be a success, then some of that empathy with the best will in the world could easily go by the wayside. Yeah, indeed, it's uh, it's a heady mix, isn't it? Of, um, the the issues that employees are bringing back to the workplace, as you've described, and uh, and the fear as well, the fear of can they keep social distancing as they're yes. at, back at work, and if, particularly if they have people at home or that they're caring for who are vulnerable. You know, the, the coronavirus is still around, although at a much lower level. And this, there's inevitably that fear, you know, some of which has been created by the government's response to this. I mean, let's not get into the politics, but um, you know that fear's there anyway. Uh, and then on the other side, you know, from the employer's point of view, they want everybody working at 100% efficiency, productivity, you know, 100% performance. Talking about performance earlier, because there's a job to be done now. There's a you know, it's survive and thrive time. Businesses, you know, had very little, some businesses anyway, have not been able to trade. Or they've had to change their level of trade completely. And for many, the uh, revenues went off a cliff at the start of the lockdown. And, and now they've got to make up for lost time and get the profits back. So they want everybody on that, that they bring back working at 100% productivity. Um, yeah. but with all of these issues still in the background. So I, I think when it comes to culture, it's one of those moments of truth, isn't it, right now? You know, right now with this coming together of employees' issues and the, the corp company issues, uh, it's that moment of truth where you, you find out if your culture really is as, as good and as strong as you thought it was and, and as supportive and as encouraging of people and of performance as, as you think it is. Yeah, uh, yeah, I completely agree. And it, I mean, it's, it's gonna be tough for a lot of companies. It's gonna be hard for employers. It's gonna be hard for employees. As, as we said last week, I think one of the main things to consider is communication um, and some sort of 
if you can some sort of audit or i mean it's a it's a technical term but basically just check in check in how have things been for you on an emotional level on a personal level on an have you had an appropriate space to work in you know i'm talking about me only just putting together some level of office space that i'm happy to work in at home um, at the minute and i think for a lot of people that will be the same they'll struggle with their space that they've been working in they'll struggle to get some peace and quiet if that's what they require to work in so to then either return physically to work or, or continue to work from home and be expected or or feel the pressure even if their employer is not expecting it feel the pressure to i want my com my employer's company to succeed therefore i'm under pressure to deliver um pressure they put on themselves i think this is a huge huge topic and one that we should probably cover again as time goes on yeah. um, and we'll see how it develops but i, I think that the core message for me is for employers to con to be mindful of their empathy levels and keep that communication going as employees continue to come back to work also for employees to perhaps take some of that responsibility on themselves and try and maintain um, good practices to look after themselves, be it with their emotional well-being or their personal circumstances or their physical well-being as well as best they can so that they are um, in a better place to be going back to work. I think those are the three key things for me, communication, um, employees taking responsibility and empathy. Yeah, I agree. I think, um, you know, it might feel as though it takes a lot of time to, to do those things, but that time will be repaid in terms of the productivity that we're talking about that every business needs now from, from its employees. Yeah. So uh, you know, yeah. spending that time as the leader, as the, the manager's responsibility to, uh, help employees to adjust is really important. And I think the other thing, you know, on top of those three things is that time for reflection that a leader needs to take as well right now. In terms, mm. you know, thinking about is our culture supportive of this situation and is it helping or hindering um, the return to work? You know, having that time to sit and reflect and to see you know, whether your values and your, your culture is supporting that. Um, because if it's not, it's an opportunity to, to change. Mm, to adapt yeah. or to be flexible. We were talking yeah, about really. adaptability last week. And you know, it's yeah. an opportunity through reflection to change things up a little bit. You can't do that yeah. if you don't take the time to, to stop and think and reflect. Exactly, exactly. No, great points. Um, which leads um, and bringing it back to culture it leads us on to our question for this week which is actually a really really interesting question as we had a little chat before we started this so um why don't you fire away with something you've been asked this week yeah uh, thanks i was asked um by a client uh, about how they can communicate their culture and their values uh, to their employees uh, without it making them cringe. So mm. the emphasis was on being authentic. And uh, you know, 
and there's lots of opportunities, lots of times when you need to be able to communicate that. You know, interview induction are just two, uh, but not least, you know, throughout and, and reinforcing the, the culture and the values throughout every working day. So, but it was a really interesting question. Uh, you know, how could they, how can they communicate this without cringing and for it to come across as authentic? Yeah. So when you posed this question, my initial reaction was basically to ask the question, why do they feel so uncomfortable? Yeah. And once we can get to the bottom of that, what does, what, what does that mean? Like why, so when you, because you and I both know that when you talk about your culture and you talk about your values as a, as a business, you're essentially talking about, we, I've said this, to you many a time you're essentially talking about your business as a personality who yeah. who that business is and what it's about and what matters and so to feel uncomfortable in saying that kind of thing perhaps it's all to do with the language and that's maybe what he meant but i suspect it's something slightly deeper than that and that he he's either trying to portray a culture that isn't there or He's perhaps trying to portray a culture that he really, really wants it to be, but isn't quite there. And th there's a reason that that feels uncomfortable. And, and the only reason that stands out a mile is because it's not who the business is. Yeah, I, I think you're right. And, um, you know, I know this client a little bit better than, than you do. And there was definitely yeah. some element of that in there. Um, and so there's, there's areas there for us to work together on teasing that out and making sure that the, the values and their culture as it's written, as it's described is uh, congruent with, with him, uh, but also with the business. And then, and then it will, you know, if it's congruent, then it won't make you cringe quite so much. So definitely agree with that. I think the other aspect is, and that, that can be looked at is the idea that, you're talking about ourselves can, can be uncomfortable for some people anyway yeah uh, perhaps depending on their personality and for a small business you know an sme the personality of a business the, the culture of a business is very much a reflection of the founders particularly if they're still there uh, and so there's that element of you know if this is our values and i'm talking about our values what i'm actually talking about is me what's important mm. to me and opening myself up being vulnerable um to my my employees and that will be harder if the values that you're talking about are not congruent with you um but it's also not an easy thing to do anyway necessarily uh yes. certainly for, for some personality types yeah i completely agree completely agree because it's yeah for, for a small business it could just be they don't feel comfortable in sharing who they are or what they're about or perhaps it's also to do with the fact that they just don't feel comfortable in kind of being put on display if you like because there is an element when you're when you're put on the spot and you're asked so what is this about? I think you and I had had a bit of a moment like that before we started the podcast, didn't we? Where we were like, okay, so what are we saying? How are we going to introduce this? And who's going to talk first? And, you know, and then 
there was a bit and, and I said no you're just better at introducing things we've started off that way you just carry on because you're you're doing well and then you were thinking about it too much and thinking what am I what am I going to say and yeah. I think there's a little bit of that as well when it comes to an, an employer or a leader or a business owner being put on the spot and and asked yeah. what is it what's your culture about you know what is it about your business and so so yeah I agree there, there could be two things going on and I think I suppose for you that's just about you getting to the bottom of that with your client isn't it well and that's the coaching conversation then isn't it that, that, uh, and that's where all of these things are teased out and, and dealt with and, and sorted through so uh, really interesting question and a, a real good opportunity for some uh, coaching and to help that you know the client and, and that business to move forward it's uh, uh, great I think the you know that reminds me of the story of the millipede and the worm. Have you heard that story? Uh, no, Most I don't think so. may have heard it. Um, so uh, a millipede and a worm in the garden, and they're moving towards each other. And uh, the worm's looking at the millipede, and you know, it's got these thoughts going through its head. You know, whichever end of a worm is its head, I, I'm not sure. Yeah. And um, so the worm stops the millipede and says how are you doing that and the millipede says what what what, what am i doing says, all of those legs and they're moving in perfect synchronization they never trip each other up they never get tangled they just move in this wave through your body as you move forward through the garden and the millipede stops and thinks i've no idea how i do it and the worm says oh, okay well i wish i knew but never mind uh, i'll see you tomorrow and the worm sets off in that direction and the millipede sets off in the other direction and immediately falls over, legs in a tangle, because he's trying to think about how he's doing it now. <laughs> yeah, and it's not automatic. Exactly. You know, we do these things automatically and, uh, and yeah. it works. If you have to think about it, it doesn't work anymore. And that's one of the mm -hmm. challenges as well with writing down or being asked a question on the spot. What's your culture? What are your values? And you want it to come naturally without thinking about it. Yeah. But to do that, you've got to write it down first. But the very act of writing it down almost feels false and contrived. And you've got to go through that, get to the point where you've written it down, you've read it, you've read it out loud several times, you've honed it, you've read it out loud again, until it does become natural just by that practicing. Yeah. And I think that's the thing and, and that whole nature of practicing and habit, habit it's habit forming mm -hmm. at the end of the day. Yeah. And from there, we could go into all sorts of discussions about neuroplasticity and all that stuff, which I find fascinating. Um, but basically what you're saying is right. You need to become comfortable with it. And to do that, it's writing it down, it's practicing it, it's learning it so that you're, you're able to say, well, proudly this is who we are this is what we're about um but i think part of that process also is is discussing it with your employees no matter how big or small your team is and making sure that they actually agree yeah. and that they are proud of that of that culture and they're proud of those values and they're proud of to work for the business and for the company and for the employer yeah. um and and that will no doubt help the whole process I agree. I think, you know, we've talked about the culture and the values of an organization, a small business coming from the founders, the leaders, but um, 
and, and that's probably true, at least to begin with. But having that verified and, and discussing it and, and understanding what that means to your employees is a, an important way of you gaining understanding of, of it as well. Because the, what they feed back to you in terms of what they see as the culture and um, helps you to understand those values in a, in a completely different way. Yeah, I agree. I completely agree. Very good. Well, I'm looking forward to talking about neuroplasticity in, in forthcoming <laughs> episodes and I hope our listeners are too. Yeah, that's perhaps one for some sort of behaviour change discussion in there somewhere, yeah. which is one of my favourites. So. Yeah. Sounds good. Can't wait. Mm. <laughs> I bet, yeah. I I'm not quite sure if you're being sarcastic or if you're being No, um, me? sarcastic? Never. <laughs> no, I, I genuinely, you know, if we we're going to talk about that next week, that would be great. So, um, well, maybe, yeah, maybe we can. We'll, we'll plan out what we're going to chat about next week. And also, if anyone has a specific topic, um, you can catch Gareth and I on LinkedIn. Um, or we're working on the website still we're working on the social media channels um, i believe that the videos are now up on youtube as well is that true gareth so we've got the podcast and youtube yep um at the moment the links on youtube are not um very intuitive because of youtube's rules about having i think it's 10 videos uploaded before you can customize the url to your company name so um Ah, okay. We'll have to wait oh, well, we're going to give people a nice user-friendly URL to, to go and yeah. find. Um, Best get busy with the, with the recordings, then. Right. But we're getting there. Uh, but yeah, if anybody's got a question they'd like to ask that we can feature on the show, then uh, please leave a comment uh, on the podcast uh, page or on the YouTube page if you manage to find it. Um, yeah. Or if you've got topics you'd like us to discuss, please leave a comment yes by all means like um, and we'll, possible. yeah of course of course it has to be relevant and we want to be helping as many people as we possibly can too so um and sure. and if anyone wants to get in touch about a work aspect or you know wants a little bit of advice or wants to pick our brains about anything either as individuals or as a collective team um as part of culture gym where we could support your organization or your, your company with its culture, any kind of culture change, any development, any renewed sense of um, culture that you may be wanting to experience going forward after the lockdown, then please get in touch. Our email address is... Hello at culturegym.co.uk. <laughs> yeah. Were you testing me? Uh, well, I kind of was testing you, but I was also testing myself to see because I was going to go for hello at culturegym.co.uk. But then for some reason, I also had in mind admin at culturegym, but it's not yeah. admin, it's hello. Hello. So hello at culturegym.co.uk. Yes, by all means, get in touch. And uh, yet, hello. <laughs> Very good. Excellent. Thanks, Carly. Uh, I think that's uh, the end of another podcast and uh, look forward to next week's episode yeah week three done week three done in the can as they in say the, or maybe yeah. they don't anymore no i don't know who knows yeah have a good week everybody right. take care yeah bye bye you've been listening to the culture gym podcast 
Thanks for working out with us. Till next time, work happy. 